0: Appreciation Sunday, but um, I, there's a lot of pastors that make the wheels turn. Um, th- th- sometimes I feel like I'm in the Wizard of Oz and everybody else is doing stuff and they're like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, because um, they're truly the ones that make it happen. Um, before I get into my sermon, I, 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 I think that sometimes people miss my heart. They, they miss why I do what I do the way that I do it. And there's a scripture in Acts chapter 20, verse 26. It says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This is not my church, man. It's Christ's church. He, he purchased it with his own blood. But, but the, the level of seriousness that I take in what I preach and how I lead is not something that I take lightly. Um, I will answer to God for the way that I lead this church um, and for what I preach from this pulpit. I've been preaching since I was 16 years old, man. Uh, that's a lot of years. I don't know, 30, maybe 30 years. Oh, less than that, like 28. I'm gonna answer for every sermon I ever preached. And so I, I don't take that lightly. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Uh, you will have an account for how you, how you are led, but I will have an account for how I lead you um, and, and my standard is going to be higher. Uh, so the scripture says, let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you, amen? So the, the greatest gift that you can give is to not give, give us grief because at the end of the because cuz at the end of the day all i'm trying to do is get you to jesus man that's it not here to make friends uh, i can make friends when i'm not in the pulpit all right, let's let's uh, let's pray over this message. Father God, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you today in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you'd use this word to change us, challenge us, and to convict us. Father, I pray that I would uh, be used by you, Lord, that, that lives would be changed by this message, that we wouldn't leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Well, today is Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and uh, because it's, uh, it's the day that we do this, I figured I'm going to preach what I want to preach, because, uh, you know, how else could I do it except, like, you know, I'm going to preach what I want to preach. So we're not doing Samuel this morning, because uh, I don't want to. Um, Ephesians 5. <laughs> I want to talk about my wife this morning. That's what I want to talk about. Um The Bible says in Ephesians five twenty eight. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And I got to tell you, man, I love my wife. I love her to pieces. She's uh, she's been there for me for the last twenty one years. She is put up with me. Uh, the, the greatest indication of the holiness of my wife is that she actually loves me. Um, <laughs> my wife and I talked about you and talked about this church years before you guys showed up. Uh, we met in 98. The church didn't start till 2003 for five years. We talked about what we wanted to do and how we wanted to lead and what kind of church we wanted to have. And you guys are the fruit of that. This is what we were working for is everything that you see in this room. Uh, Consequently, the, the level of diversity in this room, if you look around just a little bit, is exactly what we've been working for. We want our church to look like heaven. Uh, every every shade, every age, uh, in the same room, worshiping Jesus, man, because that's... Uh, I want my church to look like heaven. So my wife and I, we met at a tanning salon. Uh, we, uh, she was working at this tanning salon called Totally Tan, and, and I was in the army, and I wanted to pick up women. And so I went into... Uh, uh, I went in to go get tan, and, and, and so it's 30 tans for 30 days for 30 bucks, and so I went in every single day, and and I remember the the, the first day that I went in to, to get my tan, she was like, oh, room whatever, and so you go back there, and I found an excuse to come out with my shirt off, and kind of like <laughs> walked out there, it was like, hey, I can't figure out how to work this bed, and my, uh, my wife was not impressed at all, she... Uh, interestingly enough and so we went every day and i, I tried to get her phone number and get it she wanted nothing to do with me and so i'd been working at it for like over a week and one day she's there on the phone and she's talking to somebody on the phone and she goes oh yeah right there by church and the change of the phone i was like end like uh, this is the end right so I was like oh you go to church she's like yeah I said man I go to church Uh, I I said no I said do you love Jesus and she goes yeah I said I love Jesus too man we should hang out and she was like no like uh, not not you not at all she she said well you can go to church though and so my, my army buddy drove me across town to go to the church that she was going at. And, and she was like, this guy actually showed up. Um, I think the reason she married me is because I was the only guy that ever showed up. Because that, uh, that was the put off for every guy. But I passed the threshold. And so I got my bride. You know, I, uh, I love my bride because I, I've given myself to her, I, I really have, like I've given myself to her um, and, and, I, and I cannot lie to you this morning because I'm here to preach the truth man I'm a catch, I really am uh, I mean I, I, I used to have a body like a Greek god and, and uh, I was in the army making like $800 a month I mean like why wouldn't you want to get with this, you know what I'm saying and so I, our whole marriage I have given myself to my bride. I've taken it upon myself with my 800 army dollars. I promised her when we got married, I said, I can promise you sleeping bags on the floor and top ramen. If you want more than that, don't marry me, but I promise you that you will get sleeping bags on the floor and top ramen. Um, I've considered it my greatest honor to protect her and support her and provide for her. Throughout our marriage, my my wife has never had to work. Uh, Early in our marriage, she had a a couple cash-paying jobs and then um, I asked her to not work so that we could spend more time with each other and now that our kids are older, she works full time for the church, as I work full time for the church. But for many years, she was her care and concern was to care for our children, and and I took and I took it as a, a, a as a as a challenge and a call for me as a man to provide for my family and for my wife. Uh, getting, one of the greatest things about the army is your check always clears. Uh, but when I got out, I had to get a job, and I remember the weight that came with that of like, man, I'm I'm charged with providing, and that they're depending on me, and you start to get other little mouths that are there wanting to eat. as well and you realize like this is a big responsibility. Um, Those of you that are are single parents can identify with that probably even more. I was raised by a single mom and my mom always provided for for us as as children. Um, Never had to go without a meal. Uh, my, my, My whole adult life has been consumed with providing for my for my family and for my bride and and it it takes a lot of energy. Uh, when, when I start my day and I think about my life, she gets she gets the first fruits uh, of my energy because I, I know my bride needs me. She needs me to provide for her and, and, and I don't want her to have to worry about anything. I want her to trust that I'm going to take care of her. Um, the, this scripture applies to our marriage in, in John 12, 25. It says, he who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I, I will tell you that marriage only works when you die to yourself. You can't live for yourself and love your bride at the same time. It's, it's totally and completely impossible. The, the biggest problems that my wife and I had in our marriage were, were because of my selfishness. Uh, I, I had always had this idea when we first got married, that my wife was there to serve me. Uh, That was her job to take care of me. That was her job to do everything for me. And it took me about 10 years of our marriage to figure out that that wasn't what God intended, that I was there to to serve her. And, And I was there to provide for her and to take care of her. She was never intended to take care of me. I was intended to take care of her. And so that selfish nature inside of me had to die. I had to die to myself and say that the needs of my bride are more important than my own needs and I can't have selfishness in my heart the the Bible says in Galatians 2 20 I've been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me you cannot bring selfishness into any relationship specifically you cannot bring selfishness into a relationship with your bride and one of the greatest ways that I love my bride is I love her with the Word of God because I, I want her to grow spiritually. I really do. Our marriage has always been based on the Bible. Um, both Crystal and I came from broken homes, and so we, did, we didn't really have an example of how we should live and, and what we should do. And so we've always just used the Word of God. Yeah. That, that's, that's just what we do. We figure, well, if the Bible says it, then we're just going to do it that way and see how it turns out. And, and so throughout the years... It's It's been my job as, as the leader of the home to keep the Bible in the forefront of our life. We talk about scripture all the time. It's a constant part of our conversation. We talk about it in the car, we talk about it when we get up and we go to bed, like it's, it's always a part of our conversation. Why? Because the Bible is the most powerful tool uh, to be able to direct the affairs of the human life. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My my bride, my wife, would not be the woman that she is without the Word of God at all. Um, You know, her her ability to resist my advances, however charming they may have been, (laughs) were based on the ability that had been implanted in her in the word of god when crystal first got saved she she held herself away for a couple of years she didn't go out she didn't date she didn't talk to anybody she went to church she went to work and she'd come home and she'd read her bible that's it for years and so when 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 i met her she was she was overflowing with the word of god because she had consumed the word of god and so throughout our marriage we've kept the word in the forefront of our marriage and if you came to our house uh, you would see on the end of uh, of the couch in our living room she has got the raggediest bible you've ever seen this this woman has retired more bibles than social security she uh, she's the only person i know that can actually destroy a bible because it's covered in tears and sweat and and blood and, and, and the like the, the the bind is broken it's just it's really a disgusting thing to behold but but it's because she has consumed it that's what she does I've never met anyone who, narr- who wears out Bibles like my bride. I just don't see it. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the Bible is the key to any marriage relationship. No Bible, no growth, no love, no nothing. And my bride is all Bible all day, man. Uh, We just, I just bought a new Bible this week because she wanted my Bible because she wore hers out. Interestingly enough, I bought a new Bible and the words didn't change. (laughs) It's still the same book. Nothing, Nothing has been changed inside of there. When we do not use the Bible, our relationship goes sideways. My friend Pastor Raymond, you guys, some of you guys have met him, he always says do things the Bible way and you get the Bible results. And what happens is that a lot of people will give their lives to Jesus and they won't submit to the word of God. And then they look at people that have blessings in their lives and think, why can't I have those things? It's because you're not living the Bible way. If you don't live the Bible way, you're not going to give the Bible results. And so you can't be upset to think like, well, I'm not going to submit to the word of God, but somehow magically I'm going to find a way around it and still get the same blessings without living according to the word of God. It just doesn't work. You know, uh, we have two kids, our son, Gabriel, who's 19, and Faith, who's 16, and they're good kids, man. They're really good kids. And, and I remember when Gabe was young, he was maybe like four or five years old, and I was uh, away at work for the day. This is before I was full-time in the ministry. And Crystal told me a story about uh, Gabe had lied about something. I don't remember what the lie was, but kids lie. And if, and if, you, if you don't believe that kids, that people are born into sin, like look at a child because they will lie and steal and withhold. They're the most selfish creatures to walk the earth. Um, and, and, and so Gabe, Gabe had told a lie and Crystal caught him in the lie, he, she knew it was a lie, and so she did what any good Bible-loving mother did, she took him to his room, and she opened up Revelation, and she showed our four or five-year-old son what it said in the book of Revelation about liars, and that liars have their place in the lake of fire. And, and so she literally showed him, and she said to him, son, do you want to go to hell and swim in the lake of fire because of being a liar? Is that what you want? Four or five years old, they're like, fire, hell, no. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> and I promise you, man, my, my son has not lied to me ever since that point. Because he, he was caught with the fear of God. He was caught with the truth of the scriptures. He understood what, liar, where, what happened to liars. And he said, I'm never going to lie again. Now, throughout his childhood, many times we would catch him in a falsehood or a lie that he did. And we would ask him, and say, Gabe, are you lying right now? Tell me, is this the truth? And he'd close his little eyes and he'd go, But he would never lie. Do things the Bible way, get the Bible results. The Bible, Romans 15, 4, for whatever things were written before, were written for our learning that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. That's what it says. See, I, I love my bride because I want her to make heaven. I really do, man. If I go to heaven and my wife doesn't, I've kind of failed as a husband and as a leader and as a father. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, but but as it is written, I has not seen nor heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him heaven is the goal folks that's that's where we all should want to go i want to go to heaven streets of gold the mansion i want the whole thing i want to go there but i want my bride to go there with me and so my my goal as i lead her and as i as i look over what god has entrusted me with i've got to take care of her in such a way that she's going to go to heaven and so because of that i do not try to create problems in my marriage Why, why would I create problems with the person that I'm trying to get to go to heaven with? Yeah. It makes no sense, because then I'm going to entice her to uh, go a different direction. Uh, my, my wife and I fight about um, very little things, but the things that we do fight about, my kids will always say, you guys fight about the dumbest things. <laughs> And we do because the big things we don't fight about. So it's always got to be over little minuscule things that don't make any sense. The very first fight me and my wife ever had was the first night that we slept in our apartment together and it was over the temperature of the bedroom. Do you remember that, honey? It was so funny because we'd like lay in bed and pretend that I was asleep and then wait until I thought she was asleep and I'd go and I'd like change it. And then I'd get in bed and she did the same thing. We did this for literally like an hour trying to decide the, the temperature of the bedroom. It was a good start to our marriage. Those are the type of fights that we have. I don't gossip about my wife. You'll never hear me say a coarse word about her. I I personally do not want to be the reason to incite anger in my bride. I, I, I don't want that to be the reason. She's got more than enough things that go on in her life that she can be upset about or people that are doing things that she could be upset about. She definitely does not need that for me. Now, if we do have any sort of a fight, and I don't know why it is this way, is, but I, I, I will, and, and usually it's my fault. I'll be honest. Because I'll get in a certain kind of way and then I'll say to her like something and then it goes off the rails. And then I, I, I say things like, why is it that when I'm upset, you never try to bring me back. You just get upset with me. Like, why is that? And she goes, well, so goes the head. So goes the body. Oh, you know? That's good, that's good. Like, <sighs> we make amends quickly we do not let the sun go down on our anger we don't do that we don't play those games um we we don't hold grudges against each other if we ever have a disagreement it it won't last more than a morning or an afternoon because i just hate living like that i don't like my stomach to feel the sort of way i don't plan some way to hurt her i don't plan some way to get her and i showed her like i never do that to my bride why would i ruin her i want her to make heaven Matthew 25, 34 says, uh, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I, see, I love my bride because I love myself. And, and I don't mean that in some prideful way. I, I truly believe that I'm navel um, uh, that that I deserve nothing except the grace of God. But the Bible is very clear that love of others starts with self-love. That the Bible says, it says in Galatians 5.14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's what is it is, even in the Old Testament, it's found many places in scripture that says uh, you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so whenever I love my bride, I am fulfilling the law of Christ. I cannot be unloving and call myself a Christian. Yeah. It doesn't work. Love is the calling card of the Christian. It's, it's the way in which we tell an unbelieving world that we've been saved, that we've been set free, that we've been forgiven. We love people because he first loved us. We love people because he forgave us. And that still applies in my marriage relationship. All the scriptures about loving your enemies and, and serving people and loving those that don't love you apply to this relationship more than any other one. I've got to love her more than I love myself. I have to. Proverbs eleven seventeen 17 says, the merciful man does what is good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Why would I trouble my own flesh? Why would I, why would I beat up on my bride? I don't hate myself. When I, when I look at her, I think of love. I think of the commitment that we made to each other. And we stood on the altar on, uh, in 1998. See, I, I love my bride because we become one flesh. My, my wife is the only person on this planet that has produced offspring connected to me. How, how can I not love her? Our, our DNA, our lives are intertwined. We truly have become one flesh. And, and I look at my children and I look at how much I love them and how beautiful they are. And it, and it transfers into love for my bride because I look at the offspring that she's produced with me. The Bible says in Mark 10, 7 and 8, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, and they're no longer two, but one flesh. We, we are the same person because we are one flesh. I am my bride. My bride is me. You cannot separate the two of them. You know, I remember years ago, Shelley said that I cast a very big shadow, but it's just crystal standing next to me. That's all it is. Because we're one flesh, that's who we are. See, when I when I love my bride, I show the rest of the world that she is my everything. It's interesting in my adult life; I, I really haven't ever had any other women pick up on me, which is uh, you know surprising because I, I still kind of got it a little bit. But I, um, but but the reason I think they don't is because I carry myself in such a way that my heart is taken. Yeah. No one comes at me because they know there's no point in even trying because my heart belongs to my bride. I've, I've given her; uh, she has everything. She, my heart is complete, and I, dude, I wish y'all know how much I, I, actually, I love her so much. We still, like, to this day, I never have a day where I say I need a break from my wife. We've been married for 21 years. If I have a day off and I can't do anything, I would rather sit at home alone with her watching dumb movies than going out and going to a Seahawks game. I I really would. I I choose to be with her. I'm excited to spend time with her. I I never am like, oh, I need some guy time. I need time with my wife. I just love her so much. She's me. I am her. I don't want to cheat on her or connect with anyone else but her. And if I ever slept with someone who wasn't my bride, it would be adulterous fornication. That's what it would be, man. That's why you're supposed to be monogamous. You're only supposed to sleep with your spouse. 1 Corinthians 6.16 says, Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. One of the reasons I really love my bride is because she respects me. And and you can see in the way that she talks to me and she talks about me. And, and, and it's not a game. We don't do this publicly when other people are around. She respects me in our home. She respects me privately. The, the way in which my wife even carries herself around me, it's very clear that she loves me and she respects me and she submitted to my leadership and my covering to her as her head. The Bible says in Esther 120, all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. It was a prophecy, but it's true of my wife. She never makes me feel disrespected at all. She literally lives out the scripture that said, wives submit to your husband's as unto the Lord, and I will tell you, there, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for my bride at all. <clears throat> if you're married, you probably understand that like before you got married, you had a little bit of money, and then as your careers progressed, you thought you were going to have more money, but you have less money because having a bride is expensive. It just is, and, 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 and she's entitled to every single dollar that I have. Um, uh, we On our 20-year anniversary, my, when we first got married, I got her this wedding ring. And my mom gave us the gold and the diamonds for it. So to get it made cost like 300 bucks. Oh, so great. I mean, it was a gorgeous ring. It's probably worth, you know, 10 times that uh, at least, but way back in 98 and uh, 300 bucks I was in uh, because it was handmade. And then we lost it, man. I I think it's at the dump. So there's treasure up there in the Cedar River landfill. Uh, I think that's what happened. And so for our 20 year anniversary, um, I, 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 I don't know why I never thought about this, but I, I found the guy that had originally made it and I found a picture of it that I had and I called him in. Over the course of a whole entire year, um, I, I made this plan to give her uh, a recreation of our original ring on our 20 year anniversary. And, and we had a ceremony here and Jay did it. and It was beautiful. The pictures are on Facebook where you see the surprise on my wife's face when she got that ring. It was It was a glorious, beautiful day. I I had to work so hard, Um, we we have fun money, that's what we do, and so I had a little, you know, pile of fun money that I was saving up to buy some insignificant trinket, and then I decided to do this for my wife, and then I have all these other insignificant trinkets that I had to sell to be able to do this for my wife. The the ring that my wife wears on her hand, it cost $5,500, and and it's, and I, I always say, besides something that had a door or wheels, it's the most expensive thing that I ever bought to give my wife. Why? Because she's given me 20 years of her life, submitted and loving me, and, and it's a trinket. It it's tarnishes and it will, won't, won't go to heaven, but I wanted her to know how much I value her and that I'm willing to do anything for her because she's that valuable to me. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my bride. I never talk about divorcing my bride either. I don't use that. Like that's, that's, not a, that's not a word that comes up in our house. We never speak that word in our house because she is stuck with me. There's, there, there's no separation. There, there's no time that me and her are going to depart from each other. We are committed to working out whatever issues that her and I have with each other because we serve a God that hates divorce. We serve a God that hates divorce. And so I want to honor God by staying with my wife. She's stuck with me until Jesus comes back uh, or, or either one of us goes off to heaven. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself. Let the wife see that she respects her husband I love my bride because I've given myself to her husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her I love my bride with the Word of God because I want her to grow spiritually that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word I love my bride because I want to make heaven that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. I love my bride because I love myself. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Amen. I love my bride because we have become one flesh. For no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined together, and the the two shall become one flesh. I love my bride because she respects me. Nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and his church. There is nothing I would not do for my bride. Have you given yourself to the bride of Christ? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. Many of you do not have spiritual growth and victory over sin because you refuse to give yourself to the bride. You refuse to fully submit to Christ's church. And those of you that have rejoiced today, but for those of you that look at your life and say, why is it that my relationship isn't where it needs to be? It's because you haven't submitted. Yeah, yeah. You haven't given yourself over to your bride and said, you know what? I'm going to give myself to her. Come on. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.15, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Yes. Yeah. The church is the, bill, is the pillar and ground of the truth. It's a, sh- it's a light shining on a hill. It's the most important thing on this earth. Christ's church, have you given yourself to the bride? Do you live by the word of God to grow spiritually? Yeah. Do you? Or are you, are you one of these people that thinks that it doesn't apply to you? Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. That's not what the word of God says. Are you being sanctified by it? Daily, are you reading it in such a way that God will challenge you and who you are and what you're doing so that when He returns for His bride, you can present yourself to, her, to Him holy and blameless after being washed by the Word. You, you may not like what the Word is when it comes out from the pulpit, but it's to your benefit that you would be washed by it so that you would be prepared for Christ's return. That he would find you blameless, ready to be received by him. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. If you're not doing things the Bible way, you will not get the Bible results. If the Word of God is telling you to live a certain way, live that way. If the Bible is telling you to not do something, don't do it. If it's telling you to do something, do it. Don't expect spiritual blessings upon Christ's return if you're not living according to the Word when you've been told to do so by His Word. Do you want your church to go to heaven? Do you? This is, this is Christ's church which you are members, are you advancing her? Are you defending her? Are you gossiping against her? Are you speaking against her? Are you besmirching her before the community? Or do you defend her like a bride? I speak concerning a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and His church. Why would you destroy your bride? Why would you treat her in a bad way that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing? But she should be holy and without blemish. Folks, this is your bride. Prepare her for the bridegroom's return. The, the, this is the option that we have at this time to say, you know what, we want to create a glorious church upon Christ's return that he will come and find us and say, well done, good and faithful servants. Do yeah. You love the church as you love yourself. I always want the big piece of chicken, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> if you have me over to your house and you put out the food... Like in my heart, like I look at it and I'm like, I want the big piece of chicken. I see, I always talk about selfishness because I know the selfish nature that lives inside of me. Dude, when we go to eat somewhere, I want my food to come out first. Then we can pray, I can eat, and y'all can wait. I always want to be first in the buffet line. That's my heart. You'll find me saying things like, No, no, please, please go first. In my heart, though, I want you to be like, no, 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 you go first. And I'm like, yes. It even passes off to my relationship with my kids. There's one piece of pizza left. <whistles> I want it. But you'll hear me say things like, oh, w- would you like the last piece? And inside, I'm like, please say no, please say no, please say no. I Can I get a witness? Selfish people, listen to this sermon. <laughs> Me first does not work in the church relationship. Me first does not work in a, in a marriage relationship. It's bride first. Bride first. Putting, putting, putting her needs above my own. I speak a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his church loves himself. Yeah, yeah. Have you become one flesh with the church? One flesh with the church. For no one ever hated his own church, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For you're members of his church, of his church and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his church, and the two shall become one flesh. Amen. Yeah. No no one would ever applaud an earthly relationship where a man took uh, advantage of a woman. It's it's the reason why fornication, uh, relations outside of marriage, is unbiblical. Because God sets a standard that says, you do not get the benefits of the relationship without commitment to the relationship. But some people are spiritual fornicators that are just fine to come in and take from a body of which they don't support. They, they find no problem to come in and take from a body of which they speak against and they don't support. They just want the benefits of the relationship without having to be committed to the body. It's spiritual fornication. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly what it is. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. You would never applaud a fornicator who wouldn't even pay child support. Do you respect the Lord like the bride does her husband? Because that's our job as the bride, right? Verse 33, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife, bride, see that she respects her husband. We we as the people of God, as his bride, need to to fully submit to Christ in everything. He is the head. He is the leader. He is the one that is going to direct us. But we as his bride must fully submit to him in everything. And we we don't want to disrespect him. We don't want to speak against him. We don't want to do anything that would make him look bad. Because we want the rest of the world to know that we're submitted to a head. We're submitted to something that is leading us and guiding us. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Would you be willing to do anything for the bride? Yeah. In an earthly relationship, a man unwilling to do something for his bride is no man in my book. Yeah. Would, would, you, would you respect a man that stood near the flames and pushed his bride into the flames and saved himself? Or would you respect a man that pushed his bride away and fell into the flames to try to save his bride? A man must be willing to do anything for his bride. Any man who constantly thinks about, challenges, or threatens divorcing his wife is no man. Come on. I speak concerning a great mystery, but this is Christ and his church. Make a commitment to Jesus this morning. Make a commitment to his church. This isn't a sermon about my bride. This is a sermon about the bride. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? Father, I love you this morning. I thank you for your grace and mercy, Father. Praise you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you'd like to become one, the process is this. You have to turn away from your sins and turn towards God. You cannot simultaneously be in your sin and be in Christ Jesus. But it takes a decision, man. You have to say like, I'm done with that life. I want to be forgiven of those things and I want to live for Jesus. And just like a marriage relationship, you can't walk up to an altar, put on a ring and then go live to yourself. It doesn't work that way. You can't say like, oh, you're married? Yeah, I did it like 20 years ago. How come you're never with your bride? I just made a commitment and went off and lived to myself. That's not how it works, man. Got to be fully committed to Jesus fully committed to the bride, fully committed to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to live for you. And if you've never made that decision before, and you, you, you would like to make that decision for the first time today and say, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. We want to pray with you. And I want you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to do that for the very first time? And help? I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I'd like to invite you to come up and be prayed for, prayed with. It's a a decision to to walk and say, I want to live for Jesus. It's it's funny, it's kind of like a a marriage where you come to the altar. So I want to invite you to do that. If you can't stand up in a room full of Christians and say, I want to live for Jesus, you'll struggle when you get out there in the world. If you need to rededicate your life to Jesus, because sometimes people end up at a church and you've been far from God. not a bad week, not a bad month. I mean, it's been years. You knew the truth. You weren't walking in it, and now you've walked away from God, and you need to come back to Him. But I'd just like to give you a moment to make that dedication to say, man, I'm done. I'm all in for Jesus. I'm I'm walking away from that, what I've been doing, and I'm back with Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to declare that this morning? We want to pray for you as well. Hand held high. and have someone pray with you this morning. It's okay. You can come up. Someone will pray. Someone will pray with you. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. If there's some part of your heart that needs to submit to Christ this morning, just submit it to him this morning. Submit it to him. Don't let this message go away. Hey, you, you can come. It's okay. It's worth it. Praise God. God, we love you so much. God, we pray that we would be your bride. We would be your bride. We would walk with you. We submit ourselves to you this morning, Jesus. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name.